Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, May 3rd, 2021, and another banner NFL draft for the Big Ten. I thought that they did a very, very good job in producing a ton of talent. And before we get into wrapping up, Day two and day three of the NFL draft. We'll start off with some commitments that happened over the weekend. And the Buckeyes, they're getting a big-time athlete for their 22 class in Florida's Kai Stokes. Stokes is 6'2", 185 pounds. And uh, what I found a little bit interesting was that Stokes is actually uh, not ranked. The young man is not ranked by many recruiting services, and this is a massive miss. You know why this is a massive miss? Because you look at his offer list. Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, inside the Big Ten, Illinois, Indiana. One other SEC offer that is of note is LSU. This young man is unranked at the current moment. There is no way in hell that this young man is not looked at as a top 200 player. Think about that. Look at the SEC offers. They are abundant. I mean, when you've got an Alabama offer, when you've got a Georgia offer, when you've got a Florida offer, when you've got an LSU offer, that's huge. That's big time. That is impressive. And that's exactly what Stokes has. Once again, the rich get richer. The Buckeyes get the commitment. From the up-and-coming athlete, looks like uh, they're once again doing a very, very good job. Ryan Day is doing a very good job recruiting the state of Florida. Penn State also got a commitment over the weekend, and that was Massachusetts offensive lineman Malik McNeil. McNeil is massive, huge body at 6'8", 340 pounds. That's a big young man, huge, absolutely massive. Also, it offers from Rutgers, Pittsburgh, Auburn, Boston College. So, uh, for this one, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to complain very much. I think that 340 is probably a little bit big. Uh, I would like to have my linemen, especially at 6'8", uh, a little bit slender, a little bit more slender so you can add on better muscle weight. But the the body, you cannot teach that. And I think James Franklin says, look, that frame, that's something that we can't sculpt. We can sculpt a body. We can get McNeil in there. We can get him to lose 15 to 20 pounds, become more athletic, become more flexible, gain some of that strength, trade some of that bad weight for strength. But what we can't teach is a 6'8", 340-pound frame. So I like to pick up here by Penn State. Uh, One other note uh, for transfers, and we've got Wisconsin's linebacker Malik Reed. Uh, He is going to enter the transfer portal. Uh, The Arizona native uh, just spent one season there at Wisconsin, and his rationale behind all of this was he wants to be closer to home. And uh, honestly, I, I don't I don't see anything wrong with this. Uh, I kind of, you know, I get it. I understand. 
and uh, you know it's unfortunate for Wisconsin, but you know Reed uh, wants to be home, closer to home. He wants his family to see him play, and uh, that actually plays a, a bigger part in recruiting than you might think. A, a lot of young men ultimately end up realizing, you know what, sometimes going that far away from your family and your comfort zone, uh, you know, is difficult. Uh, eventually, they're going to have to do it when they move on to the NFL, but, uh, you know, they'll be more older, uh, a little bit more mature, more wiser, and, and potentially be able to handle that. So, unfortunately for the Badgers, Malik Reed will no longer be a part of the program. Speaking of someone who isn't going to be part of the program, that is going to be Stefan Johnson, the Florida recruit and Michigan State. Uh, as I told you last week, uh, Johnson has been arrested and arraigned for uh, extorting, uh, directing, or promoting sexual performance by a child uh, in Florida. And uh, when I went over this last week, uh, I obviously uh, thought that Mel Tucker should take the hard stance on this one. Uh, I thought that uh, he was going to make an announcement over the weekend, and that announcement was going to be that Johnson no longer is going to be in the 21 class for the Spartans, and that's exactly what happened. And I'm I'm very glad that Mel Tucker took this stance. Uh, We've seen these kind of things drag out before, uh, but look, this isn't, uh, there's something that all the facts are right there. And I get it that, that Michigan State wanted to take a couple of days to, to get as much information as they could about the situation with Johnson. They got that information, and that information was not good. And especially with some of the issues that they've had on campus previously, uh, there's no way that a young man like Johnson should be allowed on to their campus. And I think they did a really good job here of going through the process, uh, not rushing. Sometimes teams rush and not all the information comes out. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. But what I think that Michigan State did well is that they saw the allegations and arrest come out. They did their due diligence, realized that Johnson most likely would be a risk to their student body and now I've dropped the scholarship. So good job, Mel Tucker. Good job, Michigan State. Uh, you know, we hope that Johnson learns from this and starts a, a, a correct path. Uh, we really do. You know, you, you hate to see uh, anything happen to, uh, you know, young men, especially when they're still learning. You know, he's he was 17 when he did this. And I don't think that, you know, this is something that should really uh, ultimately make the man, but it's a bad start, very bad start. And you have to commend Michigan State for doing what was right. They have to protect their student body. And this was the right move. And I'm all for second chances. I am, but this young man has to earn it. You have to earn your second chance. You're not just given them. You have to earn it. He's going to have to do what the court orders, you know, if he's going to have to serve jail time, whatever it may be, we, we, you know, I, I still wish the young man the best. And, you know, again, I, I think that Michigan State made the right decision here by moving on. 
but it's unfortunate. But it is the right decision by Michigan State. Let's recap this NFL draft. We all know that the Big Ten did a very solid job in the first round. Multiple picks, a couple schools. Uh, Northwestern had two picks in the first round. How about that, Northwestern? First time ever. Yeah, that's right. Wildcats. They're, uh, they had a good draft. They had a good draft. And, uh, you know, w- when you look at it, um, it's very impressive. Penn State also had two go in the first round. Impressive. And then the later rounds happened and bunch of more, bunch more, bunch of more. I don't know where the hell that came from. Bunch more Big Ten players heard their names getting called. Rondell Moore was the first to go in the second round. Going to Arizona, uh, love the fit here. Really try to build that offense around Kyler Murray. Pat Fryermuth, the Nittany Lion tight end, goes to Pittsburgh. Also really like this move here. They utilize their receivers very, very well. Pete Warner heading down to New Orleans at, with the 60th pick from Ohio State. Josh Myers, his teammate for, at Ohio State, going up north to Green Bay. And those were the only selections in round two. For round three, Jalen Mayfield, the Michigan tackle, who was once uh, looked at early on in the beginning of the 21 season, I'm sorry, the 2021 season, uh, as a guy that could potentially go in the first round. He opted out and fell to the third round. I think that Atlanta's getting very good value in Jalen Mayfield, selecting him with a 68th overall pick. Benjamin St. Justy, a former Michigan Wolverine, however, a current Minnesota, uh, also a former Golden Gopher, uh, was selected by Washington. Iowa's defensive end, Chauncey Golston, surprisingly went in front of one of his teammates at 84, going to Dallas. Wyatt Davis, the offensive guard from Ohio State, found a home in Minnesota at 86, right behind him at 87. Illinois guard Kendrick Green going to join Freermuth in Pittsburgh. Trey Sermon, Ohio State running back, 88th, right after Green going to San Francisco. Love the fit here. Uh, The 49ers have kind of reworked their whole offensive backfield with the selection of Trey Lance as well. So uh, Sermon's going to a nice little uh, spot there. And then the run of Big Ten continued with Nico Collins, the Michigan wide receiver, going to the Texans at 89. A couple of picks after Collins, his teammate Ambry Thomas, going to join Sermon in San Francisco. He was the 102nd pick. Baron Browning, the Buckeye, 105th overall, going to Denver. On to round four. And this was uh, Purdue linebacker Derek Barnes. He went to Detroit. And Ohio State defensive tackle Tommy Togiai staying in the state, traveling up a little bit further north and going to Cleveland. Only two Big Ten players selected in round four. Round five saw Luke Farrell rejoin the coach that recruited him out of high school, and that is Urban Meyer, going to Jacksonville at pick 145. 156, Isaiah Loudermilk, the Wisconsin defensive end, going to Pittsburgh. There's a lot of Pittsburgh flavor in the big t- in their draft with the Big Ten. A lot of Pittsburgh flavor. 
uh, Emir Smith Marset uh, going to Minnesota at 157. Uh, and then another Iowa Hawkeye right behind him, 158, Davion Nixon, the defensive tackle, going to Carolina. This one, you know, I, it, it kind of boggles my mind a little bit. Uh, his teammate, Goldston, uh, went in round three. And Nixon was the best defensive lineman in the Big Ten this past year. And, and it shocked me a little bit that he fell to round five. Big time shocked. So I like the value here by Carolina a lot. I really do. I think they're getting a very, very good player later on in the draft. Round five, you could still find starters. And I think they found one in Nixon. Uh, Sean Wade, 160, 160th overall pick going to Baltimore. Sean Wade uh, came out and and said that, uh, you know, this past season, there's multiple reasons why he struggled. He was battling an injury most of the year that, that we really didn't know about. And then on top of that, it's just crazy. The, the, also, the value that Baltimore is getting. Look, when he was a when he was at the outside corner at Ohio State two years ago, if he had come out after his third year, his redshirt sophomore year, Wade was looked at as a top 15 pick. He struggled when he moved inside to the slot. There's a lot of chatter saying that he's going to move back and become a safety. Well, either way, Baltimore got a first-round talent in the fifth round. Davion Nixon, Sean Wade are going to be steals for the Panthers and the Ravens, in my estimation. I think they got very, very good players in the fifth round. Great value. Right there for those two players going to their respective teams. A couple spots after Wade got selected at 164. Indiana's Jamar Johnson going to Denver. Also, Jamar Johnson. I thought he was going to go in the second, third round. Great value here for Denver. The safety was one of the best players in the country. In the Big Ten. Picked off a couple of of, uh, Justin Fields passes in their game. Yeah. You picked off Justin Fields? Okay. All right. You know, and it wasn't just a, a lucky one. Those were damn good picks. So, again, I, I think that uh, that, that little trio right there of Big Ten players, value for those NFL teams. Big time. Another Hoosier uh, after Johnson off the board a couple selections later at 167. Goes to Nate Hobbs. Northwestern gets another player drafted in defensive end Ernest Brown. 174 going to the Los Angeles Rams. New England loves their Michigan Wolverines. Once again, they selected another one in linebacker Cameron McGrone with the 177th overall pick in round five. And a couple selections after McGrone went, fullback Ben Mason. You don't care fullbacks getting drafted. Uh, Technically, you could put him as an H-back, but uh, still interesting to see that Ben Mason gets drafted 184 overall going to Baltimore. On to round six. At 185, Iowa linebacker Nick Neiman going to the Chargers. Chris Evans, Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin, I'm sorry, Michigan running back going to Cincinnati at pick 202. Uh, Evans obviously, uh, you know, had some academic issues a couple years ago, uh, missed the 19th season, and and worked his way back. And you you have to love the fact that. Uh, he 
you know, didn't get discouraged by not being able to play for a full year and came back and yeah, he, he didn't really do too much in the pandemic season of 20, but he did enough. And, uh, you know, the, the tenacity and what he did and how he worked, uh, you know, that's, that just shows that, you know, if you work hard, you can get where you want to go. And congratulations to Chris Evans, because he didn't have it easy getting to the NFL. It was not easy. 213, Wisconsin cornerback Richard Wild Goose going to Buffalo. Uh, right behind him, another one of his teammates at 214, Cole Van Lanen going to Green Bay. A couple selections after that. Uh, an interesting one here. Michigan long snapper Cameron Cheeseman going to Washington football team. I don't know about this. I, you know what? I, I love the fact that, you know, the Big Ten is seeing a long snapper getting selected uh, in the sixth round, mind you. I, I picked 225 there for Cheeseman. But you have to wonder what the hell is Washington thinking? No offense to Cheeseman. This is not a this is not a dig on Cheeseman at all. I'm sure, you know, you don't really, you know, see long snappers get drafted. They're usually undrafted free agents. And that's what I'm getting at. What the hell is Washington thinking? I, I'm a big fan of Ron Rivera. Uh, but taking a long snapper in the draft? Oh, man, I uh, I would hate to be a Redskins fan. I'm sorry, former Redskins Washington football team fan. I'm, I'm sorry that, uh, you know, it was automatic response there. Obviously, they've changed their name to the Washington football team. They haven't announced what their new mascot will be. I'm very glad that they actually uh, transitioned away from the Redskins. It was about damn time, about damn time. Unless you're Florida State have an agreement with – uh, the you know the local tribe like like Florida State does with the Seminole tribe. I don't you know I, I think that they need to move on from these names. I think you know a lot of other teams have have moved on from them as well. And uh, I think that it was about damn time that Washington did that last year. About damn time. So uh, Washington football team has uh, confused the hell out of me with that pick. But congratulations to Cheeseman. You're uh, you're an NFL draftee. On to round seven, pick 233. The first Terrapin goes off the board, and running back Jake Funk going to the Chargers. At 238, Nebraska guard Matt Faronik going to Dallas. Jonathan Cooper from Ohio State, the defensive end, 239, going to Denver, 246. Shaka Tony, Penn State defensive end, going to Washington. Pretty sure Shaka Tony could have went 225 to Washington as well. 247, another Nittany Lion, Michael Mennett, the interior offensive lineman, going to Arizona, and another offensive lineman from Penn State right afterwards. And the final pick from the Big Ten, Will Freeze, offensive tackle, going to Indianapolis. Like I said, there is a lot of Big Ten flavor in the NFL draft in day two and day three. So, Congratulations to everyone who got drafted. Wish you luck. Unfortunately, we won't be covering you much anymore on this podcast. But either way, good luck in the NFL. We, we hope everyone 
you know, has as much success as possible at their new destinations. Moving on to some basketball notes from this past weekend. The biggest news comes out of Michigan State. Imani Bates, the number one rated recruit in the country in the 22 class, is no longer committed to Michigan State. The second five-star to commit and subsequently decommit from the Spartans and Tom Izzo, um, Enoch Bukye, the first one to do that. Uh, this one hurts. This one hurts a lot because Bates is an in-state guy. Bates is very much considered the uh, best player uh, in high school right now. Although he kind of uh, has some, had some stagnant growth in his game. And I think that I wouldn't say that Michigan State and Tom Izzo would have been like, no, no, you could, we don't want you anymore. I think this was more of the realization that, you know, Bates probably is going to go the pro route. In my estimation, I think he's leading towards that. You know, when uh, he spoke about the decision, it was more about, you know, potentially going that route and not going to school. And we've seen multiple players make that decision and go the pro route recently. I think more players are going to do it. So you're going to have a, a watered-down collegiate game. You know, if they just – if Mark Emmert just said, you know what, name, image, likeness, let's go. Let's just do this thing. Getting a watered-down sport. You're seeing guys go uh, and play professionally because they can make money. They can make sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. Start helping their families. I think that that's the the route Bates is going to go. Unfortunately for Michigan State, you're not going to get to see one of the best players in the country uh, suit up for the green and white. It just is what it is. So, Imani Bates, the second five star to decommit. From the 2022 Michigan State Spartan basketball class. We have found out where former Illini guard Adam Miller will end up. He is going to the SEC LSU. Uh, that's unfortunate because uh, I really thought that, uh, you know, Miller was in line for a huge sophomore season. Huge with Brad Underwood. Unfortunately, that won't happen as Miller uses the one-time free transfer to go to LSU. Michigan uh, got some good transfer news from Coastal Carolina guard Devontae Jones. Uh, Jones is a guy who did what many have done so far, uh, specifically Marcus Carr in the Big Ten, uh, because Carr has pretty much come out and said, look, I'm either transferring or I'm going to the NBA. And that is what Jones said. Uh, Jones will test the waters. I don't think he's quite ready. I think that he ultimately will end up in Ann Arbor, but that is his plan and you know, makes sense. I think that uh, when you, when you've got the free year and you've got the ability to you know, take a peek at what your NBA prospects could be, uh, I think this is a smart idea. Smart idea. One final note before setting off for the morning, 
and that is Minnesota. They are hiring Marcus Jenkins of Richmond to become an assistant for Ben Johnson's new staff. Uh, Johnson's staff is rounding out into form. I think Johnson is going to have that uh, Minnesota basketball team in line very soon. Uh, He understands the tradition there as a former player. I think he's going to do well. Uh, I think he'll he'll have the the team back in contention for NCAA bids uh, within the next couple of years. I really do. I think Johnson is a, is a quality hire. Um, you know, I, I think that when you look at the the three hires that were made in the off season, I think Shrewsbury's got the hardest job. I think Mike Woodson probably has the easiest job, and Ben Johnson's right in the middle. And that's why I think Johnson's going to uh, do very well. Uh, and uh, I think he's his turnarounds, the mid, mid-tier turnaround. Like I said, if I had to rank them as to quicker turnarounds, I got Mike Woodson is my number one. Johnson is number two. And Shrewsbury out at Penn State is number three. And that will do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFChen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a fantastic Monday, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you tomorrow morning.